Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdwood Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with creator Travis Case, here to promote his skills, creative process, and journey as a storyteller and voice actor. Welcome, Travis. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Just woke up from a nap, so I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that retard time is important. I'm glad yeah. you got that. But um, outside my introduction, who is Travis Case in his own words? Wow. Um, uh, first and foremost, I would say I'm a creative, I'm a writer. Um, and then after that, I would say voiceover artist. And um, I, 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 would, I would say I'm an intermediate nerd. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm super dragon level nerd, but like I think I think I know the, the one-on-one of a lot of things uh, in the nerd world, like anime and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But um, what had what inspired you to not only be a voice actor, but to actually pursue it as a career instead of just a hobby? Oh, um, so I'll try to make this long story short. Uh, so me and my brother Theo had a group called the Terrapins, and we were in spoken word and hip hop for a good minute, mm-hmm. for like eight to ten years. Um, I broke off, had a solo album. Theo went to producing and then like during while creating that album I fell in love with the book called The Alchemist um, by Paulo Coelho and from there uh, I had a book review about it and it was super it was super super fortunate super um, all the stars aligned for me because uh, Paulo Coelho saw my review gave me this big shout out on YouTube put it on his page retweeted me and from there I was like yo I can really take um, my attitude in performing, my journalistic skills that I got from Morgan, and combining them into a platform. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and when I'm speaking about any and everything, pop culture and also stuff that I just find important. Um, years later, reviews later, videos later, somebody was like, yo, I would literally pay you to read to me. And that kind of like really hit me. Um, and then I started taking, I found my first voice acting coach, Stan Fisher, through the app Meetup. Um, and from there, I had about two, roughly three years of voiceover training. And so um, I've been I've been digging it ever since. Um, so yeah, that, that is that is the compressed, compressed <laughs> version of that. Well, do you feel like you're a natural storyteller or someone who um, I guess I guess it's like a natural performer in a way that, or was it something that you kind of had to like be pushed into or coaxed into by like friends and family? Like, hey, you should really kind of go more for this. You should get more into performing and doing the spoken word, hip hop spoken word. And then, hey, you know, you can go a little bit further by doing an album. Or was it something that just kind of like a natural progression that you were doing on your own? Um, it was a little bit of everything. Like I've always been a storyteller. Um, and as a kid, I would get in trouble for lying a lot. <laughs> so that <laughs> that was my base. That was my base foundation for it. Um, but also in high school, like I went to St. Francis Academy, and um, St. Francis, for those of people who don't know, is in the hood. It's on it's on Green Mountain, East State Street. And um, in order to survive as a slim guy, which I still am now, I had to be witty and I had to learn how to pack. I had to learn how to crack on people, and I had to learn how to be funny. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a big, a big part of my maneuvering in high school. And one of my friends was like, yo, if you turn your, your cracks into rats, you will be a dope MC. And so that's when I kind of started writing rhymes and then eventually started performing in spots around Baltimore. Um, and again, hip hop for me, I kind of see hip hop as like college where, you know, you go to college and you may go in on one track, like, Hey, I'm going to be in the journalism track, but that may dump you off into history. That may dump you off into psychology. It's just like hip hop for me is so vast and it includes so much, um, that you never really know where you will be, um, when you fall in love with it and the more and more you have a relationship with it and it expands. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was me performing and also on stage, especially in cities, blue collar cities like Baltimore, you have about roughly five to seven seconds to capture people's attention. If you don't get it in like the five or seven seconds, you may be cooked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of an uphill battle. And so that's, I kind of approach everything I do from that, um, lens of people, especially now the cell phones are everywhere. Social media is everywhere. I think they said in like 2012, the human being uh, attention span is less than that of a goldfish. So that's kind of how I create. It's like capturing attention immediately and trying to keep people there. Mm-hmm. I don't know well, if I hope I, I answered answer the question. Yeah, 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 you did. <laughs> but um, I've listened to your demo reels and watched some of your YouTube videos uh, of your work that you've created or written and voiced. Uh, some of your work was hired and some of it you've done on your own. So could you like, elaborate on your creative process as a storyteller um, writer and a, as a voice actor so like you get a job or you see something that you could expand on on your own so how do you mm-hmm. go about doing that pretty much um okay um sometimes it's, it's just loose freeform like freestyle or like sometimes i'll use a journalistic like inverted pyramid where like you say the most important thing first, going back to capturing a person's attention, you say the most important thing first, you see the headline first, and then you go um, from greatest information to the to the least important going down the pyramid. Um, but I, I, I try to find things that I'm most interested in, the most, the things that I feel that would be relative to um, other creatives and other writers and other artists. Like, I guess one of the pieces, two of the pieces I'm super proud of that I did last year was me... Um, I did a video essay on the original Candyman, um, basically speaking on the socioeconomic and sort of sociopolitical reasons and history behind Candyman and what it meant to the city of Chicago and what it meant to pop culture. Um, and that got a, a really dope placement. Um, but that's, that's something I'm interested in, Black history, pop culture, and also film, all of it tied together in one where I can just hit people with two or three pillars. The other one was um, about a shopping center that was built on top of a cemetery in Baltimore City. Um, and the cemetery included uh, Union, former Union soldiers from the Civil War, Johns Hopkins, some of Johns Hopkins' servants, uh, Black lawyers, Black judges, um, Black clergymen, like stuff like that, like things... Um, that I that that wow me, that inform me, that educate me, and that also entertain me. I try to turn it and compress it and give it to people. 
Um, yeah, I saw those. I saw those two, and I was really interested in it. Like I knew a little bit of the story behind Candyman, but to see it be explained or listen to it be explained um, a little bit more, and then put into context in a way, and it wasn't that long ago. It was maybe what like in like the 80s early 80s or something like that when I guess when a lot of this stuff was happening in those uh projects in Chicago and then it reminded me of I don't know if you have seen the TikTok of the woman in New York where um she kept complaining about the air coming in from her bathroom and then the landlord couldn't figure out where it was or she couldn't so she figured it was coming somewhere behind the mirror and apparently there's a big gaping hole right there because that apartment actually used to be bigger I, I guess in a way so it was like she climbed through it like a, like a fool I don't know why she would do that but she climbed through it and it was like other people have been staying in here like a squatting in here if you could say that on the other side of it and it's like that's crazy because if somebody wanted to break into our apartment they could through this gaping hole if they had ever found it which I thought was interesting. And I didn't know anything about the um the shopping mall closet that was kind of like cursed in a way. I didn't know that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and my my mother used to tell me that story all the time. Like when we used to go there, um, we would seldom go there because we had a giant, a giant store like in our neighborhood, but then they got rid of it. But we used to go there sometimes and she was like, this is on top of a cemetery. This is on top of a cemetery. And even if you go there now, um, some of the headstones are sticking out of the grass. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Which is like eerie and depressing, you know, so. Yeah, that's, that's real wild. But have you ever had to reject an offer or um, a story to voice over? Um, or somebody well, offered to write something or and you had to reject it? If I had to reject it? Uh, yes, Um, a, a young lady came to me. She wanted me to narrate this really long, um, how can I put this? It was like urban fiction. Uh-huh. And it wasn't that I was necess- wasn't necessarily into it, but simply because it was so many words and what she was asking for, she was asking for uh, redos like a la carte. Like she was gonna put, pay me a, a flat fee and I'm not sure if, if you have ever done an audio book, but especially with, um, how long they can possibly be. Audiobooks are so labor intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, like say, for example, some people do, will do like 30 pages a day and the author can come back to you and be like, hey, I don't like how you pronounce this word, this word, I don't like this pause here. Um, pages five through 10, I'm gonna need you to do them over. Um, and so usually on the professional level, people will pay you for, the redos. And so she was just trying to give me this flat fee. I was like, yo, number one, this is too many words. Mm-hmm. And if you're upset, you need to pay me for these redos about, you know, if, if you are unhappy with something. So I had to say no to it. Uh-huh. Um, this is other question that I can't, I kind of came up with, with you is how do you present yourself to a potential employer or client, not only as a personality or a content creator, but as a service to them. Like you're actually providing a service. Like, yeah, I'm a creator, I'm a writer, I'm a voice actor, but I am providing you a service. So how do you present that to them, especially when it comes to like money? As you said, as you know, doing uh, the audiobooks, you get paid for redos. And it's like, 
how do you as a creator kind of like negotiate or like persuade people like hey I'm providing you a service that needs to be paid for and it has to be paid at this certain amount of money sure um I, I think that starts with just in general and I need to update my rates I'm glad you asked that question but it starts with sitting um with yourself internally and coming up with numbers and or numbers for each thing that you um provide that is true for you that you feel good about and that the person can walk away from not feeling like they got got you know what mm -hmm. i mean because what people got to realize when you approach a creator you're not just paying for the thing you're also paying for the time and dedication and the schooling and the grueling training that they went through to be able to even have this service even from for, for them to be in business mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so people just think it's like going to Walmart and I'm getting this thing. Well, no, like you're paying for like a person's history as well, because there's a reason why, for example, a company goes to hire Keith David for an Acura commercial because Keith David is, um, he's theater trained. You know, he's had so many movie credits. He's done so much animation. You're paying for his particular uh, footprint and fingerprint. And, and also the, uh, how recognizable his voice is, his acclaim. So like when you're, so I said all that to say, um, for me, it really depends on the job and also depends on my relationship to the person. I'm not saying I'm giving people cousin prices or family prices, but if I know your situation and you're possibly a creative as well, it possibly doesn't have to all be money. It could be like, okay, you're in graphic design, you need this project done. I really like how you do X, Y, and Z. I need a logo done. So maybe half the price is like you hitting me with a logo, you know what I mean? Or you helping me design my website or revamp my website. I think it's a case by case basis, but coming up with that rate that is true for you at night, you won't be rolling around in the bed having nightmares talking about, I should have charged this person more. It has to be true for you. And both parties need to feel like they have, uh, uh, they're equal that they didn't get burned. Uh -huh. well, like a better term so yeah I guess it just comes with experience and knowing who you are as an artist as whomever as a creator um and whatever you do for a living or as your as your art really um mm -hmm. but what advice would you offer to other creators just in general it, can, it don't have to be voice acting it can be with writing it can be somebody who wants to get into spoken word it can be someone who wants to get into performing, right? That um, you wish someone would have told you when you first started. It can even be, cause I know, I don't, I mean, I don't wanna put your business out there cause, but I know you just moved pretty much cross country. So like even, mm -hmm. hey, going from here, from Baltimore to now where you live now, that you wish someone would have told you when you first started. Wow. Um, take risks take risks and make sure that like everything that you put out um you're entertained by it and you are fulfilled by it because i know in the social media era and i get caught up in it all the time as well when i'm on facebook when i'm on tiktok i sometimes allow social media to rush my process when mm -hmm. usually how i like to do things and, and literally how i approach debates or arguments or disagreements i like to take in information meditate on it sleep on it and then edit my edit my statement or approach and then release it 
like I kind of have more at heart. I'm more of an old school release person. Like back in the day when Jay Z and Nas used to drop an album a year. Not how it is now when people are dropping two and three uh, projects a year, and it's just like things are so disposable. Like I think people should not let the world rush them and only release what's true for them. It doesn't have to be perfect upon release, but it has to make you feel good. It has to make you feel inspired because it starts with you. And then if you feel that way, other people are more likely to feel that way as well. If you're interested, people will be interested. If you're excited about it, people will be excited about it. And also like ask yourself, what is my intention with this thing? Um, you, are you trying to make people happy, mad, sad, or glad? Those are the four happy, mad, sad. Those are the four main uh, pillars. You know what I mean? What am I trying to do with this thing? Am I trying to educate? Am I trying to entertain? Am I trying to make people excited? Am I trying to inform people? Um, just have a clear intention. You know, also when you're going in, and just and just take risks. Just also know that everything informs everything. So, like, when I was in college, in my younger years, I was so focused on graduating and not being in the present and not actually enjoy being a human being. That's, like, one of my flaws right now. I'm so worried about releasing something, creating something that I'm not enjoying the flowers. I'm not touching grass. I'm not in the forest. I'm not hanging with my friends. I'm, I'm just trapped, you know, in the dark, in the lab hunched over like a scientist over a keyboard and trying to do things versus just enjoying myself. And I feel like I said everything inform, everything informs everything in the sense that um, if you go out and you have these experiences, all of that gives you more soil for your work. All of that helps you breathe life into your work. The more life experience that you have, the more you're enjoying yourself as a human being, the more colorful your work will be, the more well-rounded it will be the more educated and the more informed it will be. There was a story, long story short, I don't want to yap your ear off, but my voiceover coach said he had a student who booked a big, big job on the West Coast and he lived on the West Coast. Um, and he had, so I believe this was, he had the audition, booked the job, and he had to record it over the weekend. But his student wanted to go to the Redwood Forest, like on this camping trip. He'd been looking forward to this camping trip. Lo and behold, he didn't go on the camping trip and he was frustrated going into the job and the director and the producer could hear it. It wasn't in the, when he was in the audition, like he was happy, he was excited, he was vibrant. But because he didn't honor what his soul truly wanted was to go on that trip and then do the job. Mm -hmm. He didn't get, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he booked the job, but he didn't get it. They chose somebody else because he went into the job frustrated, mad, and angry because he didn't honor um, his human. Like he didn't honor what his soul and his heart wanted. So I, de mm -hmm. I definitely uh, 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 implore all artists out there and nerds out there, please enjoy yourself. Go out and be a human being. Have some damn fun. Uh huh. So, well, speaking about you know speaking on being rushed and you know not doing what i guess feeds your soul in a way throughout your whole process it can be voice acting again it can be you know performing on stage or whatnot it can be writing um do you or did you ever get overwhelmed does it ever become too much and how do you typically manage your mental well-being when it does wow um 
there have been, a, I've been fortunate to have a handful of viral posts. Um, and I know on YouTube, I believe there's a way you can turn off notifications for yeah. the comments, I believe. Mm -hmm. Like, so when the, the Alchemist review got really big, when I did like my Menace to Society Toxic Masculinity video, you know, when I do like my funny things on TikTok, or even my informative things on TikTok, I just try my best to not pay it any mind, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Because I don't want to get caught up in how people see me, because then I'll I'll begin to perform to what they like and what they don't like. Mm -hmm. um, I can, I, matter of fact, I can I can think back to the first time me and Theo got on stage at the Five Seasons on Guilford Avenue. I'll never forget this experience. We bombed, and when I say we bombed, we bombed. It was terrible. Like we did not read the audience. We did not. Um, judge the crowd properly and we performed the song <laughs> that did not go over well it was so bad like i wish they booed they did not boo they literally stood there and looked that is worse for real that's the worst worst feeling ever i go home and um me and theo didn't talk for a couple days like i, I lie to you not like Theo had to knock on my door and come and get me out the house because like I was so sad and so depressed. I was fitting to quit that week. Um, but you just gotta keep trying. You just gotta keep you uh, you know refine your approach. Take all of the L's and turn them into lessons, and figure out um, what's true for you and how that fits into um, building an audience. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So. Yeah, and so how do you, I guess, manage your well-being outside yes. of that? So like with friends and family and just even taking time for yourself. Yeah, um, so back when I was home, I would go on like nature walks or I would try to be by water like so Fells Point. I would go to Lock Raven Reservoir. I would go to um, museums. Um, in the Baltimore area, in the D.C. area, I would go talk to friends. One one thing that, that I do miss that me and my friends do a lot, we used to have, like, landline, Call of Duty, and or Smash Brother parties. Like, it would be, like, six screens in a room, six, seven different systems, and we all just having fun like it's in the 90s. Like, mm -hmm. that is therapy for me. Um, me possibly going out to drink with my friends, that's therapy um me even went very seldom i got to get my my workout up but working out you know what i mean like i said um walking talking to my older brother um hanging with my mom and my sister like all of that like um just life just in general like any any hallways that you have to go out and experience life and really be present and put your feet on the floor and like i um like many people say touch grass um I mean, even now, like when I'm here, um, you know, I, I'm standing, you know, West Hollywood right now. Like, uh, we still play Call of Duty almost every day, you know, uh, with my East Coast folk. So that's therapy as well. And it's really, to be honest, it's, we play the game, but it's really a medium for us to share what's going on in uh, our work life, what's going on in our creative life, what is or is or not going on on the dating scene with us like it's everything you know what i mean so yeah well my last question for you travis is what is your idea of success so i ask that because as creators 
if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures or we'll consider ourselves failures. Many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career path can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote-unquote success? That's that's a, um, a vital question. Um, not being able to, or let me let me say, not having to worry about bills Mm-hmm. And just being able to create, you know, like, so right now that looks for me like, you know, maybe, you know, a small home somewhere over here on the West Coast and not having to worry about how my car note is going to get paid, you know, when I got to buy groceries, X, Y, and Z, and I can live comfortably and financially I can replace everything. So if, you know, something happens to my car, if let's say I didn't have insurance, you know, I can just go and buy another car. You know what I mean? Something happens to my my laptop or my desktop or any of my gaming systems or whatever. I can just go ahead and replace them. And I'm going to my my work is my creativity. Um, and let me not be remiss to say full creative autonomy, because again, if you are creating for other people, that can also be draining as well. Not mm-hmm. all the time. Maybe you're working with somebody whose vision is in alignment with yours, but if you're constantly being told, create this, create that, create that, and you're not honoring what you truly want to produce, that can be another prison as well. Yeah, exactly. But um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on about your journey as a voice actor, writer, storyteller, whatever it may be that I may have missed? Like, do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on that you are able to talk about? Um, well, I did book a Royal Farms uh, radio commercial. Um, not well last week, so I'm excited about. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Um, what else? What else? I guess. Another thing I would like to say on the advice front is like, I have so many projects like, okay, like, so last year when I really started getting on TikTok, um, what helped me was not just consistency, but going back in time and looking at the notes and the videos and the content that I wanted to create, but I was too scared to create it. Mm -hmm. And what I did was at the start of that year or like kind of, um, early spring was I just kind of like updated my ideas that I was too scared to talk about or never did and just revamped them and kind of made them more palatable and that really 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 helped me out getting out of my own way if you will like killing my ego and just like letting you know cracking the door and letting God and let the magic happen you know and also there's a lot of magic in your everyday conversation. Um, like for example, I'm always, a big thing for me last year was me creating these uh, question videos. Like what is the, 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 the best five black love stories ever? The top, the best five hitman movies ever? Like that's, but these are the questions that I ask people all the time that I ask my friends because I'm genuinely interested in pop culture. You know, the best, you know, car film or whatever. Those are conversation starters that I use every day, but were big for me on TikTok and Instagram. So I think there's magic in your everyday. And if you can somehow, and if you want to, and if it's true for you, because you don't have to 
monetize everything. I don't advise you to monetize or videoize or produce or make everything that you do into a product. Um, but uh, I think there is magic in your everyday footprint and mm -hmm. trying to find a way to, to make that something if you want to. Yeah, it, it sounds like... Um like there's magic in like engagement and I don't mean that in a business sense like an algorithm type of thing I mean it in the way as like connecting with people because that's pretty much how social media what social media is at its like basic level is like engaging with other people so you asking those questions and pretty much opening the floor to other people to come in and just give their input I mean input input and possibly having a debate or discussion with you or amongst themselves, I think is, is a good thing as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, again, I want to thank Travis Case for joining us here today to discuss his skills, creative process, and journey as a storyteller and voice actor. I highly recommend our listeners to consider giving Travis's website a look, share, and support if they can. All of Travis's socials and website will be listed in this episode's details for those who are interested. And again, I am K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Numbered Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.